Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is May the 27th, 2014, and we have four more before this end of the month. It's over with. Thank you for another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha, and I hope everyone... I hope we did honor our soldiers to that. Um, but today, I hope that we enjoy today. I think we'll probably be getting a little few showers in Atlanta, but not so badly. Um, but anyhow, today with me on the line is a special guest. It's always, they're always special guests. About four years ago, a semester away from graduating with an MBA, this gentleman faced the greatest storm in his life, unemployed, penniless, and homeless. He was hunted by past failures, disappointments, and abandoned dreams. And what should have been the darkest moment of his life became his most enlightened moment. The poem, A Dream Deferred by Langston Hughes, renewed his passion to pursue my dreams, which ultimately led to discovering and accepting his purpose. He is now a rising author, life coach, and public speaker with an innovative approach to achieving the greatness God has predestined. His debut book, your greatness inspires, encourages, and empowers people to accept their inherent greatness. It stands as a testament to his endurance and desire to empower, encourage, and inspires others' navigation and potential maximization. Welcome to the Bright Side with Technisha Floyd Miley. How are you, Floyd Miley? I'm doing okay. How are you doing today? Wonderful. I meant to say Floyd third. I mean, he got third on his name. You sound like five <laughs> yeah, because I had another guy here with first too. I said, these special guys right here. I look like I'm getting all the third guys this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, being a third <laughs> is so much special. <laughs> Why? So by you having a third, do you have any children? Uh, yeah, I have a um, son, um, DeAndre. Well, he's 24 years old, and he has a um, a son that's four years old. So I'm a grandfather, and... With a wonderful son. <laughs> Look, I am, I, I am not looking for that just yet to to become a grandmother just yet. Mine's are eight years old, and I think I want to keep them that way for right now. Oh yeah, yeah. It, 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 was, it was a shock to me, but but it was a, it was a welcome blessing. Um, it, it's sort of like you you get to see you know your legacy continue forward. But then you get, you get to go through the benefits or, or the, the pleasurable side of raising a kid um, to your grandson because when he gets on my nerves, I can send him back to his daddy. You know, so I can yeah. have all the good times with him and send him back. So it's just wonderful. It's a, it's a wonderful experience. Right, right, right. Like my mother said, sure, this is yours, not mine. Goodbye. Have a nice day. Close uh, door. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to put up with your children. That's sure. That's the only thing. I am the grandparent, not the actual yeah, parent. Mm-hmm. So, Flo, a lot of people might don't know about your history, but you, you used to play football. Yes, I did. Played at yeah, the University um, of Tennessee. All right, now. See, a lot of people don't. A lot of people probably don't even think that they would. I bet they probably like, Floyd Miley, Floyd Miley. That's right. I brought Floyd Miley on in. I try to bring in some of 
almost guys for love and you know, because I get more sports fans and they be like, "Where well, a sports person?" So now I found a broad to you. I I throw it on the table for you. There you go. Bam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> playing football, playing football is a good thing. You know, it's a, it's a good right. sport. You know, it teaches you a lot of life lessons, and you can just apply it to everything. And and I'm I'm just amazed at how you know popular it's become. You know, even college football to that aspect, it's it's like we live and breathe football year round. And when it's not football season, we mad because it's not football season. Right, but to me, I like football. Well, it is dangerous because you got to watch out for the neck injuries and everything. Most teenagers have been losing their life because of the way they play football, so they're trying to improve the helmets or whatnot. But it is a great sportsmanship. They teach you how to play as a team, and I, I, that's the thing I like about it. I, I think that's why I, I like sports overall. I don't watch it as much, but I like that. It's teamwork. No, you can't leave the player down. You got to do your part in order to help those team member out or to win this game. You just sit back. Oh, you got it. Yeah, it's not like McDonald's. Oh, you cook your own fries and they the customer be just fine. No, you actually got to get in there and do your part. Right, definitely, so, definitely. So, Flo, how long? How long did you play football? Um, what five years? Uh, well, four years. Um, in college. Um, after. And then I attempted to go to the arena league. I tore my Achilles tendon, and after I tore that, I was like, I'm through with football. I don't want to go through any more injuries. Because it took like a year to um, to heal back. Um, and I didn't want to go with surgery, so it, it healed naturally. And But I was like, my football day is over. Okay. Now, with this book, now, what's so amazing, because you went from playing football right into Martin to right, how did that come about? Well, uh, I wanted to write ever since I was uh, in elementary. I knew I was going to be a writer um, because the funny thing about it, my mother used to every summer I had to write book reports um, for her. And so that felt, I, I fell in love with writing and, and the whole use of the language in which you can do. Um, so I knew I was going to be a writer. However, I didn't know what I was going to ultimately write about. Because I had no life, I had no life experiences whatsoever, so it was kind of difficult for me to to write about anything. Um, and then, but I, my mother instilled in me about you know using your talents and your gifts in order to further you in life. So she started stressing about education as well as a scholar getting a scholarship because at that point in time we didn't have available opportunities like they do now um, for for black men to go to school. So we had to use what we had. And so that guided me towards football. Now, football was supposed to be the vehicle that was going to ultimately get me to college, which is going to allow me to graduate so I can fulfill my desire to become a writer. Life didn't happen out that way, you know, and, but I had to go through some learning curves and some life experiences in order for me to produce an actual book. You know, your situation reminds me of the movie, Meet Angela Bassett in it and Rick Fox, and she didn't want her son to go on basketball. If you're looking, it's not going to happen. She wants him to focus on education. That's a good thing, too, because you've got to have something to fall back on. These are dangerous sports that we have. And, I mean, I don't have sons, but I can imagine, you know, basketball, football, baseball, anything could happen. You have to have something to fall back on. And we sometimes parents boost their children up, especially when they're sports fanatic. Oh, my baby number one, my baby number one. Okay. 
That's good and dandy. That's all right. You're supposed to spruce your baby up, but at the same time, you got to make sure baby has a second plan because he could get paralyzed. I'm, I look at it most of every time when I turn on the news. He shouldn't be paralyzed, car accident. Now, that's that's your sports career gone down the drain because you're – you're handicapped now. So what? What's the next step? What else to do? Right. So, but if you even look at the people that do make it, you know, the average for a career lasts maybe five years, especially if you last more than five years. And then you see how many players that leave the league broke, filing bankruptcy because yes, they got the money, but they didn't have a backup plan in order to maintain the money. It's sort of like they reached the ultimate level of success, but they had no plan to maintain that level of success. And that's something that we need to teach our kids. Now, once you get there, that's only part of the journey. You've got to keep it going. You know, just like your radio show. If you can't just say, oh, I did a radio interview, I'm, I've arrived now, you've got to keep maintaining it in order for you to build your audience up. Right. And we have to start teaching our, our kids that at an early age so then they won't necessarily rely on football because if a sport falls through, they say, that's okay, I still got my mind. I would rather make a million dollars using my mind than my body. It's- You need to learn to always depend on how sisters do for this formal, we're going to be cracking down. You go into third grade, we need to be working on that CRCT test. We're going to crack down on reading comprehension, math, computation, everything to get you to stop depending on your sister because you don't want to do that. And I let you know for a perfect example, I said, Check check some of my friends out. The same way, no education, depending on a man, and and that man just lets them down every time because you don't know how to depend on yourself. You don't have that ability. So yes, I talk to mine just like they need to be talked to. I don't. I'm not sugarcoating nothing. I'm letting them know they're not babies anymore. They're my babies, mm-hmm. but they're getting right. And you're right, right. parents. Because- to start cracking down. We got to start letting these children know each other now. Don't wait till they get up there. Oh, my fault. Oh, my baby. Oh, what happened? You and you know what, Floyd? It, it brings me. It brings me to this. Um, um, it was a tale I read about. It was the mother. It was called and thief. And basically through the whole situation, because I had to practice it to learn how to pronounce my words correctly. But um, the whole point of the thing was the boy was stealing at a young age. Mom never said that. To him, he was bringing everything, watches. He brought a coat to her. Then one day he got arrested, and she was like, oh, my baby, oh, my baby, want to cry. Then all of a sudden he bit her on her ear, and she called him out his name. And he was telling her, if you had stopped me when I was younger, I wouldn't be like this then. And the point of it was she was disappointed because he stole something from her, which was her ear. But now you want to holler poor pitiful my baby. That's how we do now. We we wait till they get older and they're, oh, my baby. No, don't don't hold on your baby. Your baby locked up in jail, so you have to stop now. And I agree with you on that, Floyd. Now, right. as far as it goes with this book, what was your purpose of writing Recognize Your Greatness? Well, my purpose was, you know, when I was going through, when I was unemployed, um, just getting ready to graduate with my master's, I thought the world was, you know, getting ready to be my oyster. I've done everything to which society says to do in order to be successful. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way with the recession coming and, you know, jobs weren't hiring and everything like this. And so I'm sitting up and I'm getting into depressed mode because I'm losing everything. And I can't, no matter what I do, I just can't maintain it. So I finally gave everything up. So I had to go back to basics, so to speak, and I had to look 
internally within myself and find out what I need to do in order to get out of it. You know, and then I was, like I said, I was stumbling across a Langston Hughes poem uh, while I was packing, and it just got me thinking. You know, so I think, what happened to the dream about being a writer? You've done all this, you have these degrees, you have this experience. What, what, what happened to your desire to write? Because you, the passion of, for my life was gone. All I was doing was getting up, trying to look for a job. They were telling me no, telling me no, you know, repeated closed doors, and I was feeling bad about myself. And then that poem started getting me to thinking and understanding, and I realized that, you know what, I'm looking for something that's already inside of me. I'm looking for outward success, but it's actually inside of me already. I just need to learn how to overcome these obstacles and life curves in order to make it to the point where I can write a book or I can do whatever it is that I, I, my dreams are. And so that started me writing the book. How can we get people to overcome adversity that happens in their life? Now, I have life experience and I have football experience. And what I was wanted to do, I wanted to bring the football aspect into it because every Saturday before we play the game, we we'll recite seven maxims, um, which if we performed those maxims, it increased our chances of winning. So I translated those into real, real-life um, scenarios, and it, it was able to give people the encouragement to recognize that they do have something that's great within them. That's the first step. If you don't realize that you're, that you're supposed to be here for something else other than to work a job, raise some kids, and to just have a miserable life, you're going to continue to have one. So I want people to get up and recognize that they have greatness inside them no matter what it is that you may do. We may not be the next Obama. We may not be the next um, Michael Jordan. But whatever it is that God puts you here to do, that is your greatness, and you have to accept it and realize otherwise you're calling God a liar. And I do agree with we all from all here for a purpose. You're not just here to walk in these vessels and not, have that purpose. Sometimes we don't know Floyd, and I think you have to ask that personally to God. What is your purpose? That's what my mother used to always tell me. You have to ask him to show you what your purpose is, because sometimes you know. I, I think I still don't know what my purpose is. I don't think it was actually news reporting, even though I majored in that. I think it was something else. And, and as my guests and I were discussing yesterday, we have the tendency to blame God's will. We'll blame, oh, it's God's will, oh, it's God's will. A lot of times it's not God's will. We blame it if we get an automobile accident. Sometimes it'd be our fault. We stop our own blessing. We want right. we, for others to blame. And, you know, bringing it back to what you said about greatness, most of us, we have no problem in identifying with them either. sometimes even worship them. We may take the second to sometimes mention how good we are at something and mm-hmm. get uncomfortable. And that's that's so true. We we forget our own selves. So we have today people let's focus on ourselves today. It's all about self preservation today. Not saying forget about your mom or your dad, but let's take a look at ourselves. It's time to reevaluate. Yeah, you definitely have to reevaluate, and you, you talk about, you know, identifying your purpose, you know, through me writing this book. Now, remember now, okay, it was a dream for me to write a book, okay, but it, during the course of writing that book, it, I developed a relationship with God, and during that relationship, he exposed to me what my purpose was, what right. he's created me to be. So now I'm on the correct path in which he has set forth for me. 
but I never would have made it to this path had I not gone through the trials and tribulations that I did um, four years ago, or plus that I decided I'm not going to pursue my dream of being a writer. And sometimes we, we, we look at careers and say this is what we're supposed to do, but we have to look at the inspiration behind it. You know, my book is inspired to motivate, to uplift people. You know, your radio show does the same thing. You know, right. it's an upliftment. It's an upliftment type show. So you're operating within your purpose. It's just that you're trying to, we're, we're sometimes what we get stuck at is that we're trying to fig, figure out what vehicle to use or what means that's going to get us to fulfill our purpose. For me, it's a book. That's going to fulfill exactly. my purpose, which ultimately to me to, to become a pastor. Um, that's my purpose. So it's all interconnected, but it all has to start with you looking at yourself and being truthfully honest with yourself and asking God to show me the way. Show me what you want me to do. Because you, he knows that we're a little slow sometimes. And he'll walk you through and, tell you, and show you exactly where you need to be. And then the world just becomes a totally different place at that point. And as I have previously said, I know what the plan is. We're not supposed to really ask God the plan. I mean, purpose is totally different, but the whole plan out, I don't think you should have to ask God. I think that you should just let him lead you because he's going to lead you astray. He's going to lead you right. And, and when you believe in him, that's when you know that you are guided right. It's just the same way like children, like I always said before. They get in the car with you. They don't know where they're going. They get in the car because they trust you. They do. Mm-hmm. That's why they're getting in They're not getting up. Oh, you are told them, going to Disneyland. No, they know that you mom or dad, uncle, auntie. So, okay, I, I trust them, so I'm getting on in. I don't care where we're going. So it's just mm-hmm. saying with God, go in the car and go. He, he's going to lead you right. So, I yeah, mean, we're not trying we ain't trying to preach no sermon, but we just want to get it out there. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Flo. I'm sorry. Oh, no, because I was getting ready to um, tell you an example. You know, using the car as an example, Bishop Jake used one um, as a GPS, God is GPS system. If he don't tell you to turn left or turn right, you just keep going. There's no plan. Just get on the right path. You know, and, and that's, that underscores, you know, exactly what you were just talking about, just getting that God's going to take care of the rest. To your book, what exactly is actually entailed in your book? I didn't, I didn't hear the question. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you tell us more about your book, like what's actually entailed in it? Because also I know that you wrote at least seven books that that you focus on in your book as well, if you want to get into those. Okay, well, well the um, seven principles, um, once you realize that you're, you're greatness, once you recognize that and you determine your dream, you need to have certain principles that's going to get you from point A to point B. Now, these principles are um, they're time-proven, they're, they're tested, they're based upon theology as well as football, as well as practical advice. And it, and it all makes sense. Like the first one is the individual <clears throat> who never abandons their dream will be successful. Number two, you have to plan for opportunities, and when one comes your way, take advantage of it. We're always faced with some type of opportunity in life um, that, that we see, and we like, we're kind of hesitant about 
season is opportunity because we don't know because it's unknown is so uncertain for us and it, it causes us great fear. But we have to look at these opportunities because that might be the opportunity that's going to get you to your next level. But you have to be able to recognize those opportunities and seize them when they come about. Um, the third step is that we all going to experience setbacks. If their first setbacks, mistakes, or failed attempts come your way, don't let up. Put on more steam. At that point, when you when you're failing, when you're making a mistake, and you recognize the mistake and you learn from that mistake, you're actually moving yourself closer and closer to your dream. So you have to keep going. You know, everybody. We hear the example of of the um, the light bulb. Ninety-nine times he failed, but the last time he got it correctly. So we're getting closer and closer to our to our goal as long as you continually to fight. Um, the fourth one is your vision. Your vision will determine your destiny. Passion, perseverance, and self-discipline is how you're going to get there. You know, there, there I use um, King Solomon as a backdrop who had his eyes on God. And God gave him, made him not only the wisest king of all, but he was also the richest king with a great, great influence even at a young age. He had a vision, and God gave him that vision, and he followed that vision. And that's what we have to do. Once you have a vision, you have to continuously towards that vision. It's just like getting ready to go in a car again, okay? If you want to go from Atlanta to Florida, but you've never driven from Atlanta to Florida, you've got to have a plan to get there. You got to know where you're going in order for you to get there. Okay. So then the fifth, the most important one is dream killers. Um, protect your visions and your dreams from dream killers. And a dream killer is anyone who says anything negative or will stop you from achieving success. It could be a family member. It could be your spouse. It could be your, your pastor at your church. It could be a teacher. It could be anybody. Anybody can be a dream killer because they because of issues that they have in their life. They want to stop everybody else from dreaming. We all run across dream killers. And they call naysayers. There's a lot of haters. That's another word for them. All you hey. want to do is hate on me. Um, but you can't let them stop you. Yes, you tell them, Lord. And then um, number six is you have to plan and prepare for success. Mm-hmm. You know, success just doesn't happen. You know, it's just that you don't wake up successful. You have to plan for success. Right. It, it, nobody was born overnight. <laughs> Michael Jackson, even Michael Jackson had to keep practicing. No matter how talented he was, I mean, and, and skilled, you have to obtain a skill anyhow, but he had to keep practicing. Nobody woke up overnight and said, oh, yeah, I'm a superstar. No, no it don't work like that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that made him so great because even, you know, look at him, Jerry Rice, and the other great athletes, they, they will to prepare and their plan was greater than, than their athletes. You know, there are some athletes that out there that are physically more talented than they are, but their work ethic set them above everybody else because they knew they wanted to be successful. And we have to have that same mentality when we're pursuing our dreams. But then the final thing, all of those first six steps, none of them make sense if you don't finish what you start. How many times have you heard of people who, well, I started going, going back to school, or I started writing a book, or I started writing a business plan, or I'm starting this business, but they never finish it. They just stop in midstream. They never know where, what it could have happened or um, where their life would lead to. They just stop. They've got to finish it. Paul, um, the Apostle Paul, was the greatest finisher ever known, with the exception of Jesus. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished what I'm doing. And what I was doing, I would use him as a backdrop for number seven because it needs to bring home that point that no matter what you do, if you don't finish what you start, you will never be successful. You will never achieve anything. 
procrastinate and swapping in the middle of it, you'll never get it done. It's just like homework. You don't do it, then you won't turn it in and it will not. And I love the fact that you were talking about dream tools because they are out here every single day. And you know one thing, the presence of a dream kill is because they know that you'll be on the right track and the best is yet to come. But the devil will somehow they'll send that enemy that you feel that's so close to you. They'll fit, they'll send them right on in, just destroy your dreams. And that's what one of my she, she mentioned to me one time before. And I always mention her on my shows because somehow. It always comes, but she told me, she said, TK, you can't go around telling everybody your joy. Like, I get excited. Floyd went up my show, and I love everybody to hear about it, and sometimes I still do because she said everybody's not going to be for you. Some people going to pray for you. Some not going to pray for you, and, you know, probably sometimes probably telling themselves, I wish you'd go somewhere and sit down and shut up about that show. That's wrong with mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah, so, you know, I is on the right track with that, people. You just you got to be careful. Wake up and see for what it is. You got your you got your people out here who's dead, and what what I mean by dead is they don't have a soul, they don't have a spirit in them, and it's not a good spirit. So they're walking, you're walking around dead. Sure, they're smiling, but their soul and spirit is dead. So choose right, people right. wisely, because you go to church, don't mean that person sitting next to you is right. Right, definitely, definitely. We talk about that all day. But you know who is the worst dream killer? Who is the, there's only one dream killer that's worse, and that's ourselves. We're right. used to people telling us we can't do nothing. We're used right. to that. But when it's not affecting the way that we view ourselves, our perception of ourselves, that be that's the ultimate dream killer. Because can't nobody going to say to me, I didn't succeed because um, anime didn't like it, or I didn't succeed because Florida and woman, I know. I succeeded because I allowed them to affect how I perceive myself. Right. You know, it, it's sort of like a better woman syndrome. You know, if a man beats a woman down to the point that she can't see herself and she stays there, it's the same type thing. It's just not a physical ordeal. Some people can mentally wear you down if you allow them to do so. Because like you said, they are devils. They want to take away your joy. They, they want to take it away. Misery loves company, crabs in a barrel. We've heard all it over and over and over again, but we cannot let people stop us from doing what we're supposed to do or what we want to do. Right. You are so I agree. Ooh, honey. It's like it's already church all over again. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, there you go. Now, so in your book, you focus on um, right? Uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that one part that folks on what now? Yeah, so you hear me? No, I didn't get that question. I think we had a, like a bad connection for a second there. Okay. I was saying, in your book, you focus on New Year's resolutions. Well, I mean, not just so much New Year's resolutions. I mean, I think that, that that's what people can relate to because that's the time that everybody wants to make changes. You know, we go about, oh, it's a new year, and I'm not going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to chase my dream. I'm going to go back to school. So that was something to draw people in because that's something that they can relate to. But in right. even for order to even um, you can use the same same principles to fulfill your, res, your your New Year's resolutions, because you know going back to the weight loss and you know people say to me I want to lose weight and you might lose a, a couple pounds here or whatever and then you go around somebody and they should have been telling you oh you need you only lost five pounds or you should be losing by fifteen twenty you do this you do always got things to say but if you follow these principles you won't pay attention to what they got to say because you have your vision you have your dream. You're not going to let them dream till it stop you, and you're going to go through it. 
Because it's a process. Life is a process. And right now, I'm trying to get people to enjoy the only control, the only aspect of the life of process that we control is how we live our life. We have no control over when we're born and when we die. So why have a miserable life in between is something that you can control. That's one thing. We all know our what's going to be tomorrow because tomorrow and as far as it goes with New Year's resolutions I don't like those as much because I feel there is and there are excuses because we sit there and say oh New Year's I'm going to work out well since that New Year's is not really to you why not start now because we don't know if it's going to come yet. You know, of course, my, well, I'm a this around the New Year's time because that's when income tax comes, but that's a little different. Just waiting around, oh, I'm going to wait to do right. I'm gonna, oh, God, I'm wait the New Year's to get right. No, I don't wait to New Year's. You need to go and do it now. Don't, don't wait. Do it now. You got plans? Go ahead and work out. <laughs> I mean, I just think there's excuses to keep you. They'll push you back farther and farther. Then when two years get there, then you still haven't worked out. You still sitting there. Oh, I haven't lost this five pounds. Uh, um, I haven't lost ten pounds. No, because you instead of pushing it back. So, right. I mean, for, yeah, it's just excuses. It'll be more lazier. That's basically to me, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, dream killers. Are they killing their own dreams? They don't even know it. That's exactly right. what they're doing. Uh, Floyd, what are some ways what would you say for people who may be trying to keep their plans for this year or even the upcoming year, 2015? What? Or what? I didn't understand the question again. Sorry. Uh, what would you say for people who try to keep their plans for this year? I know that it, it's hard for them to try to keep it, but how can they keep that organized? Should they write it down? Um, well, that, that's upon the individual, because um, what I realized about me, I don't write anything down because that works better for me. Um, but some people might need to write it down. They have to find a system that works for them. You know, um, I can sit and say, you know, just write these down. You know, they, they say about the list, a to-do list. I personally don't do a to-do list because I keep everything in my mind fresh because that's what I think about all the time. So I pretty much know what's coming up. Now, there are, I have certain reminders of things that, come in, that I need to have done. But as far as me, just I realize what I'm trying to do, and I, I've determined, and I'm determined within myself that nothing is going to stop me from doing what I need to do. And that's where the whole tenacity comes from, because regardless of how hard it is, life is going to be hard whether you pursue your dream or not. You know, or whether you lose weight or not, it's still going to be hard. So why not take some pleasure and, and, you know, make yourself happy or do some things to better yourself in the meantime? It's all about a mindset and a mentality. That's all it has to deal with. Don't let these distractions, you know, life's going to have distractions. But just keep going and keep going because there is light at the end of the tunnel no matter where you are. And if you're feeling discouraged about them, then you just reflect back on yourself. There's going to be setbacks in life. There's going to be setbacks as long as you're living. But we have to respond to them. When I fail now, when I do something wrong, I want to go back immediately. I want to correct my mistake so it won't happen again. I'm more conscious about, you know, the mistakes I make 
because I realized that if I can minimize my mistake, it's going to get me closer and closer to my, my goal. But my whole thing is I refuse to be denied. Out of the 45 years I've given to the world um, to do everything the world suggests, and I'm, and I'm in a position now that I can do what I want to do. But had I not, had I just gave up, I never would put myself in a position to do what I want to do. Whatever position that you're in, you're You don't let that dictate to who you are going to be or how your life is supposed to be. You have to fight the fight. That's what we out here to do. We told for God and we have to fight it. If enemy comes against us every day and you just you just gotta keep this man striving, that's all. Right, definitely. You have to keep going. There's no there's no other way around it. But like I said, if you don't fight, the devil's still gonna attack you. Right. So, so why not do something? Why not change your life around? You know, you, there's a lot of things that people do. You know, dust off those old dreams you had. You know, you and just relive them. You're never too old because if, you, if you're still, you wake up every day, and if God, you know, He decides not to wake you up, then it's over. But until He calls you home, you you got every single day, no matter what age you're at, to do what you need to go do. It's amazing to me. My mother is like 65. Well, she will be 65 um, this December. I mean, I'm August. But she still plays softball, competitive softball. She's living her dream. She's doing what she wants to do to make herself happy. And that produces longevity in life. You know, life is hard, but we're not ready to go. We want to enjoy some aspect of life. Who wants to work 45, 50 years, and then at the end of the day, all we can do is retire and give our money to our heirs? Who wants to live life like that? Well, my other co-worker and I was just talking about that. Like, you say, and you can't even, like, that's boring, especially when you don't have no children. Like, I'm going to enjoy my life. I didn't say go and spend your money foolishly, foolishly, but enjoy your life while you can. (laughs) It's too much out here. I want to travel. I want to do, I want to live. I want to enjoy right. life for what it is. I want to be stuck. Oh, yeah, I say now I'm gone. Just go off to my children. That's about it. But I never knew what Italy or that, um, anything else was. So, no, that's that's not life. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking more with Flo and Molly. So if you feel like talking, you should do so. Three, four, two, three, one. But as I always say, don't touch the dial. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. All right, 
We're back in the air of the Bright Side with Tanisha. We're talking with Floyd Miley, the third, who is the author of Recognize Your Greatness, also a former football player as well. Um, if you feel like calling in, do so at, at 347-426-3751. He's here to answer your questions if you have any, or you can hit me up in the chat box on Blog Talk Radio, whichever one is. Now, with your, what was one of your greatest lessons learned, Floyd, for you in life? So far, that is a process. Um, just like we spoke about a minute, you know, we're born, we live, we die. Um, but it's what you do with your life that is a, that that matters the most. And once we realize that it's a process, you know, we're going to have some setbacks, failures. Everybody's going to have them. You know, whether you're rich, Michael Jordan has the same failures, um, setbacks that we have. You know, President Obama. Um, Oprah Winfrey have all the same setbacks, but they still continue with the process of life because they understand that everything is a process. You know, it's just a means to get to an end. And once you realize that, I think that you'll look at the world a completely different. Why? Because we have these people lives like, oh, they're rich and they have all people just regular because they just work hard to get to where they and I admire somebody like Oprah Winfrey. We all know with her life history that she wasn't born with a silver spoon, so she worked her butt off to become a billionaire. And people always want to, hey, oh, well, she does this, she does that. She does so much in our currency, too. We just don't take out the time to want to research or do that. We just want to look at the fact that it seems like she just does work for the white community, but that's not so true. She takes her time out and... You just have to work hard at whatever you want, and and that's where it comes in. And with I think the book, you you're recognizing your greatness. It's more than just about money. Yeah, because you can't take money with you, you know. So, I mean, I, I want to make as much money as humanly possible, you know. But it, but if I don't, I want to be happy. You know, that's exactly. the main thing. And I. Th- I'm happy with life. You know, my bills are paid. I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. No, I can't go out and buy me a car, you know, just buy a car straight out. But, hey, at some point in time I get there, if I keep on the same track that I'm eventually going to get to, will I ever reach a multi-million dollar status? Who knows? But I'm going to give it a try. And if I do fail, at least I can say, you know what, I tried. Because, you know, the, the cemetery is the richest real estate in the world. Because in the cemetery, you have a lot of people there. You know, there you have the greatest singers. You might have had a cure for AIDS, cancer, diabetes, all wrapped in there, but people refuse to pursue their dreams. So they're being wasted. And we, we are so selfish, you know, as people, because if we really understood our purpose, you know, our gifts and our talents that we're supposed to, that we have, we're supposed to share those with the world. So we're selfish. If, if you can sing, you, I don't care if you're in the church or I don't care if you're singing, in, you know, in a club. You're supposed to use your voice other than something that's in the shower. If you have the gift to write, if you have the gift of, of any, any type of athletic ability, you're supposed to use that to inspire people. And if you're not doing it, why are you here? If you're right. at that point, why are you still here? And that's a question that everybody needs to examine. Don't be there. Don't all the time go asking God, God, why are you doing this? I mean, God's not doing anything to anybody. No. He just God allows you to let you do what you need to do. God allows you to put yourself in situations. Right. But it's not him that's putting you in that situation. 
So instead of asking God, why am I here? Ask yourself, why am I here? Figure it out. He gave you common sense. He did. And he gave you everything that you needed. So all you have to do is just get to know yourself. That's where the greatness is. It's, it's within. We will, you see, people are trying to conform to the world. The world is supposed to conform to us because the world was made for us. We were not made for the world. Right. That's so true. You are so right about that, especially on the money part when you said that you can't take that with you. And it's amazing how when we come into this world, we got to pay money to be born, to die, to be treated, especially if we want to be treated well. And then if you don't have enough, then what? Nobody, nobody cares. So, Nobody. Is that what, so is that what you call, I mean, is that what we really call happiness? If we got to go through all this with money, I'm, I'm doing, I'm like you, Floyd. I'm doing just fine. As long as I have true, the true love, my friendship, hey, I'm, I'm all good for it. I mean, I don't need a whole bunch of money if it's going to make me sad in the end, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I refuse to make it make me sad. Because you're not going to be, you know, and, and I think a lot of people, they, they idolize money, and they, they make it that becomes their God. You know, so then mm-hmm. when you idolize it, it's going to bother you because you can't attract it, you know, as much as you need to because that's your God. And you and people not realizing where the money comes from. Ultimately, yeah, you you, you put in the hard work, but in God, you, you have to allow God to put you in position in order for you to receive the blessing which he's trying to give us. And we're not doing that because... We have no get up and go. Our comfort zone is being poor, being financially stressed, being physically stressed, being mentally, emotionally stressed. That's, that has become our comfort zone. And any time someone comes and say try to take us up out of there or to show us a way up out of there, the first thing we do, no, it ain't going to work. How, do you, how are you going to tell me what's not going to work? If it works for Oprah Winfrey, it'll work for you. It's nothing different. The principles in that book are the same principles. If you interview Oprah Winfrey or any, any great person, they'll tell you the same principles I follow. They might not be the same verbatim, but they had a dream. They had opportunity. Yeah. They didn't let people stop them. They finished doing what they needed to do, and they had a plan. Everybody follows the same setup. You can pick up the Bible wow. and you can follow the same setup. When Jesus came here, Jesus had a plan. Jesus had dream killers. Did he or did he not? Right. Jesus had a Jesus had a dream. So then Jesus finished what he came here to do. And we have to take that same vibe or that same energy that Jesus has and apply it to our lives. Because that's why he put us here, as a testimony to, as to bear witness of him. And if right. we sit around here not doing those things, and then we're wondering, and people not, and I'm going to say this, and I, don't, and I hope it does offend your readers. If people are... Poor, disenfranchised, and all these other things is unfortunate. But maybe they need to really take a look at who they're connected to. Because if you're connected to God, you should be better. You're doing a lot better. But if you're disconnected from God, you can't blame nobody but yourself. Get in position for those blessings. You know, I used to wonder why, you know, when you go to Grammy Awards, the first thing you hear the, the real singers and, the, you know, talk about, the first thing they do is, is to God be the, go, be the glory because they realize God put me here, not me. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't, it, it, everything they got, God gave them, but they allow God to put them in position in order to do it, no matter what came, whether hell or how water came. And they stay fast to what they're supposed to do. Right. 
You are so right. And one thing about that money, people down here, get you into heaven. Oh, you can't get into heaven. Don't think. Oh, God, hold on. I got $50,000. I'm on my way. Oh, <laughs> on down to no, the lounge. Get down to the lounge. I'm sorry. There are no properties in heaven, so don't don't think that you can make it up there. I'm sorry. No. Right. <laughs> You're right, though. I will agree with you. I'm agree. I'm a, you know everything, and I know that I be sound like I'm repetitive, but it's so true though. It is because you can't be happy if you don't have. I don't care how happy you think you are, because if it's not God happiness, then I don't know what kind of happiness it is. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I don't know who you believe or worship. I don't want to say Satan because maybe you don't believe him either. But. Uh, um, if you don't have if you don't have that faith, then basically what Floyd is trying to tell you, you kind of feel sorry for you. You're you're a lost hope out here. You better, you got to find your way. The, the sheep mm-hmm. the sheep have swayed away. They have swayed away from the path. You got to get back. Yeah, listen for his voice. All you got to do, you got to listen for right. his voice. And when that voice speaks, you got to move. But the only way you can get the only way you can learn to hear the voice is that you have to get into the word. Exactly, and you gotta and have a pure heart. Yeah, you got to. You got to have a pure heart. You got to be humble. Cause if you if you got and you gotta get the trash out of your you gotta get the trash out of your life. Once mm-hmm. you take the trash and bring it back in, there's no way you can listen. You can't listen with garbage all up in your head. You can't. There's no right, way. Definitely. If your kitchen stinks with garbage in it. How, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to cook? You can't cook because you keep smelling that funk in your nose. You right. can't do it. Right, and that's what we do. We all we just we try to mask up everything and oh, and knowing we we're, we're filthy, dirty rags. That's what right. we are. So the only way yeah. you can become clean is to get rid of that trash, get rid of that, that smell. We don't have to walk around with a smell again. Whatever situation we're in, there's a way out of it. So apparently, we must like it. Right. You do. You love that girl. Mm-hmm. If that's what you must love her dirty draws because you're still going through it. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I didn't mean but I have heard it. But you're so right about that. That's what my mom used to say all the time. Chasing, uh, always chasing somebody dirty draw. That's what you want because you like that filth. You don't want nothing that's good, but you want the filth. You know, and 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 we do that, and and, and we do that with everything. We do it every relationship. We do that in life. You know, we we want to live in the projects all our lives. Why? Because there's always drama in the project because we're so drama filled. I don't want to get out and live in a good, decent neighborhood because then you get out there, oh, it's too quiet, I ain't heard a gunshot. Who wants to live in a life like that? Who wants to have life like that? No, I don't. I don't want to hear for myself to come out my door and test about bullshit. Mm-hmm. I stay. I stay. Well, you know, and there's some people that just live, and it lives like second and third generation of people who are living in the project going through the same thing because nobody is look about look at themselves as being more than what they are. 
on that floor because what well, well, wasn't really a project. It was just a little complex. You know, when they have like two little buildings next to each other and everybody just ran out. Mm-hmm. One of those type buildings. Mm-hmm. I moved over there because I moved out of my house when my husband was down sick. So I'm thinking, yeah, it's all glory. Honey, when I got in there and I started saying all this, I said, oh, I'm not used to this. Because, see, my mother, I mm. wasn't raised right Seeing people die. So I was like, oh, heck no. We got to get up out of here. This, this, this. My husband my husband hurried up and got us up out there. I said, no, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to come oh. out my door and, and my, one of my dogs getting a bullet at home. I'm getting a bullet on my husband. No, that's. That's not the lifestyle. I wasn't raised like that, and, I'm, and people can holler, oh, well, you sound like you better. I'm not better than anybody. I just I just know how I was raised, so I'm not going to go mm-hmm. through that. No, that's right. not how my mother raised me, so I don't want to live like that. You want readers to really grasp. Um. Every, actually, everything we talked about, um, it, it's, it's been awesome, some awesome, you know, information that people are able to extract from it. Um, but specifically, to recognize that you're here for something more than to work a job, pay off a mortgage, pay off a car, occasionally take vacations and do all those things. Yeah, that's a part of life. But there is so much more that life has to offer you if you all you have to do is just tap within that awesome source of power that is within you. And then I'm telling you, see, and I'm, te- I'm a testament to itself. Once you discover and recognize that you're great, the world is a different place. You're still going to experience the problems. You're still going to go through the strikes and, and the tribulations of life. But it doesn't bother you as much because you realize that it's only going to last for a short while because I'm on to something bigger and better. You know, it, it's, just, it's just like when... You, you got this one miserable job that you know you just can't stand, but you know you put your two-week notice in because you got this great job that's lined up for you. No matter what them people do to you for them last two weeks, it does not bother you because you know it's going to end shortly. And that's what people need to look at their lives. I'm not going to always be broke. I'm not going to always be financially stressed, but I do have to get up and do something about it. If I don't do anything about it, I'm going to get exactly what I put into it, nothing. So people need to just get up, look within themselves, stand up, and follow their dreams. Quit blaming everybody else for not accomplishing this or that. It's not their fault. You only care. You can't even get up every day. Get up. Like I get up off your behind. Stop sitting there. Like that commercial on the college. I think that was Brown's co- Brown's College, and he would always say, um, "Your." You are your biggest um, stopper or whatever. Get up. If you got time, to, you got time to that phone. Got time to call that number and, and get into that school. So basically, that's, that's what it is. Today we're gonna stop blaming everybody else around us. Focus on yourself. It's reevaluating yourself today. Check yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right. And another thing, people need to quit waiting on other people to do things for them. Um, you know, I I had to. I had this argument with my sister all the time. You know, um, she's learning now. Um, I'm, she'll come to me with this idea, you know, this business idea. So I need a business plan. Right. Okay. Write it. What do you what, what do you need me to do? You know, and I help hey. her through it. And I help her through it. But I'm telling her, you know, I can't write a business plan for you, a because I don't know what you want. And plus, you have so technology is so wonderful. 
you can pull up business. Anything you want to learn how to do, you can pull up on the Internet. And you don't have to go anywhere. You can stay and do it at your house on your phone. You can just learn. You know, so the days of sitting oh, I got to wait on this to happen. I got to wait on that to happen. If you keep waiting, all that's going to happen is that you're going to get cobwebs in your brain. <laughs> and eventually you're gonna, and eventually you're gonna be on your last day, and you're gonna be saying, "Oh, if I had a little bit more time, I would do this." <laughs> That's gonna be the saddest thing in the world because when it's Floyd's last day, the last thing I'll be asking about, "Oh, why? If I had a little bit more time, I would just do this." Right. <laughs> I look like he did it. He said, "You're gonna get cobwebs on your brain. Just keep on sitting there. They're just gonna get built it up." You know how it is. That's like our kids today. You know what? Another thing we're talking about parents. Parents need to, parents, please teach the kids how to spell and write. We talk about this penmanship. Basic penmanship. Mm hmm. You know, it's amazing that people don't know how to write anymore. That's why we're going to be going through. We're going to be working on this topic. I love my face. One minute they was writing. Now they write to the and I've been surprised to someone do that. I can't read my eyes, so we're going right. to work on everything. Oh, we're not playing. We're getting up on this for the third grade. We're going ham this for the third grade. We're That's what they hear me talking about. That's right. We're going in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Definitely have to do that. That is, that is a well, crazy thing. You probably hear me in the background talking about we going in. That's right. We are not playing. No, it's time. Playtime is over. It's done. Playtime is done. It's time no, they can add like, my life. And, like, can act like they're repeating everything they want to. We are going to be getting it. Because the one talking about she want to be a cardiologist, the other one says she want to be a firefighter. So, well, you got to crack down then, especially if you're talking about doing heart. Maybe mm-hmm. we can't that one. You can't work on nobody's heart if you don't know how to read and comprehend what you need to do. So, yeah, we, we're going to be practicing. I'm glad I had other parents on the same page with me on Facebook. They said the same thing, most of my friends. So they're doing it right along with their children, too, for the summer. I mean, nothing to do, mm-hmm. and they're going to, and they're gonna be going to summer school. So we're ready. We amped up, Floyd. Right. Uh, That's the way to be. Hey, amped up. Get them kids active and reading and doing some things, and it'll better them. And they might hate it right now, but when they turn, when they get a little older, they'll appreciate it. I appreciate them all them summers. I had to read and write these novels and stuff like that. But it, but it, it, it all worked out for the good. And that's right. what the kids have to understand that you know we ain't trying to run your life. We're just trying to make it just a little easier to get through these trials and tribulations. And if you can read and write and do basic stuff, you can pretty much get through the world. But if you can't read, write, or spell, you won't stand a chance. Because people going to, no matter how talented you are, they're going to take your money. They're going to take advantage of you because you don't have the basic information. Right. And we're getting away from that. And then our people, and, and then our people, our black people, it's, a, it's, it's disgusting that only 28% of African-American kids in high school can read effectively. It 28%. It's very sad. And what's even sadder is when they pass your children through the system and you like, why are you passing them through? Because when they were first passed to the second grade, I was like, why were they passed to the second grade? They were not ready. They weren't. Mm-hmm. To me, in my mind, I was taught and I grew up, 
I didn't have a reading problem. I was way advanced in certain little things. I learned how to type early and read and write. But now these days, these teachers are like they just they want them off their back, and you don't want to be talked about if you kept this child back, which I, I understand. But at the same time, that's hurting my children because she still has the reading problem, and she's eight now. So that's why I said we're going to get up on it. Her reading is improving, but we need to work on reading comprehension. So we don't have time to play. And I told him, even when uh-huh. we go on vacation, you gonna be carrying no yeah. verbals. All the verbals that you got now, we gonna be we gonna be getting up on it. That's right. We got we got to do this with no time. But Floyd, before we get off the air, Floyd, can you tell us where we can purchase your book or even go to your website? Oh, uh, you can purchase from my website, uh, which is Floyd Miley, then the number twenty two uh, dot com. That's Floyd Miley twenty two dot com. If you want to purchase Amazon, uh, Amazon.com, as well as BarnesandNoble.com. And I think the Barnes & Noble has the ebook version as well. Oh, well, thank you, Flora. I mean, I really tell you, I appreciate you for making this an awesome show for me, and we really got into a lot of discussions. I felt that we were going to a sermon, but it was really, it was really good. I think they need the sermon today. They need to hear this. For the listeners out here who have on that path, yeah, and you just... Yeah, I really thank you for that, Floyd. It was a pleasure oh, having you. It was a pleasure. It was a real pleasure, um, and I would like to be on your show anytime again. Well, thank you. And, Quinesha, you'd like to have him on the show, too, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome, Floyd, and you and your family have a blessed one. And the same to you. All right. <laughs> All right take Not care. now. On the show. <laughs> Mm. All right, Floyd, thank you. Okay, no problem at all. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, listeners, I hope that I hope that you have enjoyed my show today. Um, I appreciate you for chatting with me. Go to the website to look up Floyd Miley. Also, get his book. It's a great book. Recognize your greatness. Today, as I said, we're reevaluating. Of course, my daughters are reevaluating themselves today, and you heard them as well. Also, I want to mention about they have found the Nigerian girls. The only problem is to rescue them. Um, The good news for the parents of the girls that they are, but they they can't tell you. so go so one the chief the chief of defense of defense now he reported that he just just leave us alone we're working to get the girls back so I guess everybody just try to back up as much as possible I hope these girls do come home my hearts go out to the mothers that's that's the saddest thing and even if you're not a mother, you just have to have that compassion because somewhere your babysitting your niece if you are, or someone in your life that's close to you. I really pray that these are rescued back. Just can't even imagine my daughter's been taken away from me from home. But at noon with me on the bright side with Technicia, and God bless you.
Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.